The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and know their numbers? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In this second season of Finesse Your Money, we're focusing on growth for businesses and personal and practical steps that you can take to grow. We explore what inspires our inspirational guests and the importance of giving back. We've also got some excellent tips from our guests about their planning process and who they rely on to keep their money under control and set themselves up for a bright, happy future. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hi, and welcome to Finesse Your Money. I'm Janine Wilson. It's important to understand your unconscious money patterns, how you spend your money, what your beliefs and biases are about money, and how you use your money. Our guest today is Sue Patton. Sue is an author, entrepreneur, coach, and psychotherapist. She has a Master's of Applied Psychotherapy and a Master's of Adult Education. She has trained thousands of mental health practitioners, including psychologists and counsellors. Sue is also a world-class trainer and educator, brings her experience from her passions of neuropsychotherapy and education to the world of transformation. Can't wait to hear more about that. She's also a master communicator and has been actively helping people change their lives for 25 years through her mentoring, clinical work and educational roles. Sue brings humour and relatable examples to her training and is passionate about helping people transform by educating them on the power of the unconscious and the psychology that brings them more ease. Sue will tell you that she's a wife, a mother and a grandmother and having a particular interest in child development, she relishes the time she gets to watch her grandchildren and five-year-old son develop and grow. Yes, Sue has adult children and a five-year-old. Welcome, Sue. Hi, thanks, Janine, for having me. It's our pleasure. I can't wait to learn more about you, Sue. Mm. So stick around until the end. Sue will be sharing her top tips very soon and has a great offer for our listeners at the end of the show. So, Sue, you're the co-founder of MindStrong Global. Tell us more about your business and what excites you about it. Basically, our business came together from our experience in psychotherapy and executive coaching. So what we're doing now is what we call therapeutic coaching. So it brings that integrative psychotherapy and coaching together. And we're working mainly with business owners, you know, not your large corporations, but business owners that don't tend to think about, you know, how they need to develop their teams in terms of their relationships with each other, relationships with clients, um, you know, whatever relationships they're having, even to extend to their own family relationships. And so we found that this is a real sort of niche that was missing for small to medium enterprise. So yeah, we've started our therapeutic coaching and also our online course that we have. As you said, I'll be talking a little bit later about, you know, the mastermind that we have coming up with, which is a 12-week program that we're offering. 
mm. to people. Yeah, I think change for anybody is what ignites my passion. I love seeing people have aha moments or what I call BFOs, which are blinding flashes of the obvious, you know, which, which don't seem to be very obvious at the time. But when you actually have that moment, you go, oh, of course, you know. And so you realise that there's something probably been running in the background that's been, you know, impacting your life that you haven't actually been aware of. And so uh, certainly I can attest um, your partner, Yvonne, and I work very closely together in my business. And, uh, you know, I found it hugely beneficial. So in business and life, how important is it to be open-minded to new ideas and ways of doing things? I'm constantly, you know, watching other sort of people out there in social media and in the world. And, you know, the, the big thing is about, you know, mindset and, you know, how you have to have a, a strong mindset. I think it just comes back, back to who originally talked about mindset, which was a woman named Carol Dweck. And she just talks about, you know, having either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And I think anybody who's coming into a business with a fixed mindset is doing themselves a disservice. And, you know, anybody who, who has that kind of way of thinking is, is, and not open to new ideas is, is really not having their full life experience, what I call it. And it's, it is really, really important because I think I love that expression of around, you know, don't be the smartest person in the room. You know, always have other people around you who can teach you things and you can learn from because none of us have a handle on everything. But I find the people who uh, tend to have that sort of fixed mindset often come from families where they're quite shame-based. So you needed to know. And if you didn't know, then, you know, it was pretty hard to survive in that family. And so when they, their ideas or fixed beliefs get challenged, that can be quite scary for them. So I understand where it comes from and it's certainly something that we help our clients with in, in challenging, you know, those fixed ideas of how things should be. I always talk about don't should on yourself. careful how you say that yes (laughs) so look uh, i have been known to talk about mindset myself i think that you know there are certain money mindsets even you know you often need to overcome and certainly with investing there's plenty of biases and you know that all often flows from this whole mindset so at Finesse Financial Advisors, we really do maintain a strong commitment to putting our clients first. Yes. What does that mean for you in the MindStrong global business? Yeah, look, I think when you're working with people, I think the longer I'm in business, you know, I don't know, a little bit more sceptical I I think I get around people who, uh, you know, don't walk the talk. You know, people who come in and say, I can 10 times your business and they actually haven't 10 times their own business. And so, you know, one of the things for us is really about integrity and authenticity and that we're not going to be talking to you about um, doing things or changing things or challenging yourself in ways that we haven't already done. So, yeah, my, my big thing is around, you know, walking the talk. And so when you're dealing with clients, of course, you're being open and honest with them and really putting their needs first because, I mean, in terms of psychotherapy, that, that's what it's about and that's why it works so well is because you can come in and see a psychotherapist and it's got nothing to do with them. It's actually all about you, which is a bit different to when you're talking to your friends and talking about your problems with them because 
they'll always tell you what they think or, you know, how they would do things. And uh, sometimes that can be helpful and other times not so. <laughs> yeah. I've mentioned to people plenty of times, my clients and any listeners, you know, there's always a well-meaning friend or family yeah. member, but it's not always the best advice. In fact, often it's not the best advice. No, that's right. And actually sometimes, particularly in the therapeutic world or the coaching world, advice isn't always what people want. They actually just want you to help them work it out for themselves. Well-meaning advice, you know, can be helpful, but sometimes... You know, what works for one person is going to work for another person. Yeah, it's that old 80-20 rule, isn't yeah. it? 80% listening, 20% advising. Yes, yes. <laughs> Helping clients build a blueprint for their financial future is yeah. what excites me about the work that I do. So tell mm. us about the Mindstrong Global Blueprint and what becoming unshakable means. Yeah, well, we have, in our program, we've designed a, a plan which is basically we call the three R's, which is not reading, writing and arithmetic, which it used to be back in the old days, but it's, it's more uh, recognise, regulate and respond. So recognising is really about bringing what's unconscious to the conscious, so becoming more self-aware, but also aware of how different patterns that we, you know, put in place in our life are now playing out in our adult life and maybe not working so well for us. And so often when we're, we're not recognising those patterns, we are put into a really stressful state of being. And so the next part is around, you know, really regulating our nervous system. And, you know, that doesn't mean going and sitting on a mountaintop for 30 days and meditating. You know, regulating our nervous system can just really be about, you know, sleeping well, learning how to breathe, you know, often when we're, we're under stress and our nervous system is activated into that stress response, we actually don't realise that we're not, not even breathing properly. And, you know, I mean, we all know that breathing is automatic, but, you know, there's breathing and then there's breathing. And that all has an effect on how we feel and how our nervous system operates. So in that part, we're, we're looking at how we're regulating ourselves and also then how we respond. You know, often when we're in stressful or unpredictable situations, we react. That's how we've been programmed, just to react to, to survive. And so part of what we teach our clients is around really being able to, you know, when you're recognising what's happening, you're slowing down, you're, you're really getting that nervous system to be in a, a very calm state, then you have a time to actually respond to a situation rather than in a reactionary way. So that's that's the main thing. But I think to your other part of the question around, you know, what does unshakable mean? I've been reading this amazing book recommended uh, to me by, by someone we both know and it's called Anti-Fragile. And it's by an author named, um, I've got it written here, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, T-A-L-E-B. Basically, he's talking about how do we live in a world that we don't understand. And if you think about where we are right at the moment in the, in the middle of this pandemic, you know, worldwide pandemic, we are dealing with something that is actually unknown. You know, we talk about the fact that, oh, well, we had a pandemic, you know, 100 years ago. A hundred years ago, the world was very different. You know, we weren't travelling all over the place. We weren't this global community that we are now. And so we really need to be able to learn how to deal with that unknown. And one of the things about being anti-fragile, which I 
sort of link with being unshakable is that you, you're actually being able to do things without really understanding them. You know, I never thought I'd say it, but, you know, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, I think is doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> under difficult circumstances. Under very difficult circumstances. And one of the things around being fragile or anti-fragile is working out, you know, how do we deal with these unknown aspects of things? And so that's what we're trying to help business owners do is to really be able to deal with those things that get thrown at us that come, you know, they're unpredictable, they're unexpected and not collapse you know, that you're actually able to have something to draw upon that helps you get through. And and even in that, a lot of people talk about resilience, you know, resilience and mindset tend to go together. The, the thing with resilience is that, you know, yes, it helps you deal with the shocks, but it keeps you at the same sort of place. And with the anti-fragile take on things, it's more about what this author, Nassim, talks about, about post-traumatic growth. You know, so all of us at the moment are in this trauma, whether we like it or not. And, you know, I know, I know there are people out there who are, you know, very much in denial about what's going on or they're, in, you know, right into the conspiracy theories about what's going on. But the reality is we're all in this and I don't know that we're all in this together. I'm, I think we're all in this in a different way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things is, is really being able to deal with that, place of not knowing and coming up with something to deal with those unexpected events you know it's like that's where we innovate we innovate when we're in those places where we actually don't know you know what we're doing sometimes so yeah and you know my your and my comment about scott morrison isn't a political comment no absolutely not absolutely (laughs) yeah i mean i'm very grateful but I live in Australia right now, very grateful. You know, even though we've got a little bit of a surge happening right now, it's like, no, okay, it's, it's so, so much different. And this is the thing about, you know, Australia in a way is anti-fragile because we've had a great economy. We've had, you know, low jobless um, figures. You know, we've been doing well and so we've, we've got a buffer that a lot of other countries don't have. So it's an interesting book if anybody wants to read it, but it's, yeah, I, I sort of put that unshakable of what we, you know, want people to be to also have that aspect of being anti-fragile, that any, anything can be thrown at you and you'll come out okay in the end. <laughs> so what's your best advice for people going through a major traumatic life event like, you know, death of a partner, separating or divorce, major health problem, even redundancy, for example, to protect their mental health and well-being? Yeah, look, I think the number one thing is you have to ask for help. You know, you you can't do these things on your own. You know, often there's a stigma around mental health or divorce or, you know, those sorts of things where people think that, you know, they they don't want to go and ask people for help. But but the reality is, you know, if you had a broken leg, you're not going to just go, oh, it'll be all right, it'll heal itself. You're going to go and you're going to find people that are going to help you get through it. And, you know, the other thing I think is also around we often have problems with feeling our feelings. And this is where those those shoulds that I talked about earlier come in, you know. Oh, oh, you shouldn't be upset or, you know, you should be glad you lost that job. You didn't like it anyway or, you know, like, or you should be glad you lost your partner, like, you know, divorced your partner. He wasn't very nice. Like those sorts of things are things that 
we say to ourselves, not necessarily that other people would say to us, although they might, and it stops us from actually feeling what we're feeling. And we also sometimes have these feelings that we've learnt in our family that are okay and other feelings aren't. You know, so sometimes it might be it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to be sad. And so we really need to have access to all those feelings and try and find people around you who are comfortable with you having those feelings. You know, it's like I, I know you've all you've probably you know experienced this. I certainly have. Where you know someone gets upset and says, "Oh no 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 no, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry." You know, it's like. Yeah, cry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can cry. You know, that's what you're feeling. And I think, you know, that's, that comes back to also then recognising how we do stop ourselves from having that sort of full experience of emotion. What are we telling ourselves? And, and again, going back to those three R's I spoke about before and, and just, you know, if you grew up in, the, in a family where the basic message was don't feel, you know, you're going to go around in a very mechanical way. And often that'll come out in, you know, a somatic response or whatever you're not feeling in your body will show up in your body is, is what I tend to see happen. I know that certainly happens for me. And then, you know, learning how to, again, regulate yourself. And, and, and part of that is how do you take care of yourself? And then also then how do you respond? And when we have those big major things happen to us in our life, we often have such big expectations of how things should be, you know, how we should be, um, how other people should be. And, you know, what I say to people is, you know, people are always just doing the very best that they can. That's all we know how to do. And, and some people's version of their best <laughs> may not be your version of, of the best, but find those people that, that are there and will help you through um, whatever it is that, that you're dealing with. And some things, you know, are within our control and some things aren't within our control. And this is that thing around really building that unshakable you around, okay, even though I can't control this, I can deal with it and, you know, know that you'll come out the other end. So, yeah, so does that answer your question? It certainly does. And I know right. for myself, I always felt like I was so in control, but I just realised I was internalising a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I, it's going to come I, out yes. somewhere. If you squeeze it and push it and shove it in, it's yeah. eventually going to come out. Exactly so. right. Yeah, it's a bit like when you're trying to hold a beach ball under the water, you know, in a pool. Yeah. It's like, no, it's going to pop up as soon as you, you, you take that pressure off. And sometimes that's a good thing. So, you know, you and I both have professional technical expertise and lived yes. experience through life's transitions. And one of the things that I've observed over many, many years is that people going through tough times will often stick their head in the proverbial stand yes. and yes. use avoidance. And, you know, that can be harmful to them financially and mm. personally. So how yeah. do you help people deal with and face these sorts of problems? And what do you see <clears throat> some of the main longer term consequences or harm of not addressing those things? I think that's the moment that people usually come and ask us for help is when maybe they've been in denial for a while or, or been avoiding a particular issue or problem for a while and then it just gets to the point where they go, I can't do this anymore, you know, I just can't do this anymore. And for us in the therapeutic coaching world, you know, that, that is the, the biggest step that you can take is to really 
surrender to that what I've been doing <laughs> it's, it's it's just not working. not working anymore and the thing is that you know our brain actually believes what we tell it and so when we're telling ourselves all these things around you know how we should be doing things how we how should be coping those really ingrained defense mechanisms they will I love this saying Oprah Oprah said this many many years ago and she said hear God on the whisper, don't wait for the earthquake, you know, and it's like tap, 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 tap on the shoulder, you know, wait, don't listen for the tap on the shoulder, don't wait for a sledgehammer to, to hit you. <laughs> and so, you know, and that makes life easier when you do that rather than going, oh, it'll be all right, oh, yeah, I'll take care of that later, oh, you know, no, no, you know, and, I mean, we have that thing in, in Australia where it, oh, you know, she'll be right, mate, sort of thing, and I think that's a little bit, been a little bit of our downfall with this pandemic in Australia. It hasn't worked very well for us because actually sometimes it won't be right. Sometimes you have to take some sort of action to, uh, to, to make things happen. So... You know, you can, you can live in that avoidance or live in that denial for, for a certain length of time, but eventually the universe will show up and say, you actually have to do something about this. And, um, you know, what we do try and teach our clients is that just listen for those little taps on the shoulders and little whispers rather than waiting until it, you know, all blows up and then it's, it's just incredibly stressful. I always think of it as, you know, I mentioned head in the sand, but I, I've got it. What I particularly resonates with me is the bottler. You know, you're bottling everything up. It's yeah. like a ginger beer bottle if you don't yes. take care of it. Eventually, the, right. the cork's popping out of that That's thing. That's right. And it just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah no that's that's the problem yeah for sure but from my experience sometimes what is said isn't really what's happening and if you yes. if someone tells you that they're tired all the time or you know what that might be really telling you is something different for example you know laying in bed every night awake worrying about money I speak to my clients about that a lot or perhaps yes. you know the news headlines are causing mm. you to have that sinking feeling of watching the news and hearing about investments, for example, and people start to worry about their future or their retirement or whatever that is. So what tools do you have in your toolbox to help uncover what's really going on? Yeah, look, I think oftentimes when we are doing that, it's a, a bit of a red her herring. It's a bit of a distraction away from what's really going on in your world. And so part of how we work with our clients is to peel away what's, what's underneath all that, you know. So you use that example of maybe not sleeping at night. That can be a reoccurring pattern that's gone on. Often when we're, we're laying awake with that sort of anxiety, um, we can think the anxiety is around, you know, job losses, the pandemic, business, my relationship with you know, my partner, whatever. But sometimes if you dig, dig down just a little deeper, uh, we can find out, you know, what it's really about. So, so say for an example, if, you know, you have a business and you're focusing on your business and you think all the anxiety that's actually happening in the business is because of what's happening in the business, you can sometimes be helped to see that actually that is just a mirror of what's going on in your relationship or in your family unit or whatever. And it's actually, that's the issue that needs to be addressed. 
um, before anything will change in the business because that sort of red herring is just there to show you that there's something else going on that you need to deal with. And that happens with things like any sort of money problems, addictions, that they're all just there for you to go, oh, well, money's the problem or the drug is the problem or the alcohol is the problem. And actually, they're not the problem. They're just a symptom of what's really going on. When, when we help clients able to see that, you know, what the real problem is, that's when the real work starts yeah. I really feel for a lot of my listeners and clients are in family businesses so yes. multiple um, family members yeah. partners yeah. Um, you know gener intergenerational yes. um, within the business so I really yeah. feel for people in that sort of situation because it's hard to escape and separate out what's happening in your personal yeah. life versus you know what's happening in the business and you really can't get away from it because no. sometimes you know going out to your job can get you out of the household etc yeah. I feel for those people. Yeah, and it's hard when you're in it. Mm. You know, when you're in it, it's it's you know, you it's it's very difficult to sort of pull back and and have a, a subjective view of what's going on. And I think that's what's so good about you know having therapeutic coaching is that you've got someone who's trained to do that, that they can sort of pull themselves out and go, okay, let's have a, a really broad look at what's going on. And and I mean you know, for years and years and years, I worked with lots of women and, you know, they would come to me with their issues around their children. And, you know, I would say to them, there's nothing wrong with your kids. <laughs> your kids are fine. They're just there showing you what's going on in your relationship. And they'd be like, what? Yep. Your kids, are they're just a little barometer for what's going on. And it can be the same in a business. It's just a barometer for what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. So I hope our listeners are enjoying the show. Stay tuned. Sue will be sharing a big money tip shortly. So tell us more about yourself growing up, Sue. What initially sparked an interest in psychotherapy and educating people? Oh, wow. How long have we got, Janine? <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in Western Sydney and, you know, my idea of having a successful life back then, and not to say that you know, it's not a successful life for some people, but you went to school, you left school, you got a job, you got married, you had kids and basically that was it. And I did that. I did that. And uh, then, I don't know, around about 34, I started to get a little bit uncomfortable with a few relationships around me and I, I started to speak up a little bit in my own family. Now, I'm the youngest of seven, so quite a large family. And I was, you know, having a few issues with a couple of family members. And then that was just sort of the catalyst for this big change in our family where my father had actually been killed in a car accident when I was 12. And uh, this big family secret came out. And along with that big family secret was the fact that he had actually been drunk when he was driving. And here was this 22 years later and I'm only just finding this out. And then I realised there'd been all these family secrets kept and one of my oldest friends I've known since I was four, uh, I went to her house one day and she had this book and it was on codependency. And uh, I turned over the back of the book and it, and it had that, this list of, you know, are you, and it had this list of all these things, unhealthy relationship things. And I went, yes, 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 that's me. And I read the book. And from that, I, I went and I did 
a workshop with that particular author. She was here in Sydney. And then I just realised that there was this whole world of information out there that I had had no contact with. And I mean, I knew I was fairly intelligent human being. And I thought, well, if I don't know this stuff, there must be other people that don't know this stuff. And so from there, I basically went and studied to be a counsellor. I started some groups for women, teaching them about family and relationships, you know, then went and did my psychotherapy training, then went back to the college that I originally did my counselling training with to teach. You know, my passion in all of that really was to break the cycle. I had grown up in, in an alcoholic family system. I didn't know that at the time. And when I read what that does to families, I just went, because having three children of my own at the time, I just went, it stops here. It stops right now. It's not going on to the next generation. And that was my motivation. And that was my motivation to teach other people too, you know, that they could actually make a difference in their family's life, you know, that, that they, they had the tools that could help them really change how, you know, their family operated. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was the biggest thing for me. I'm still passionate about that and get very sad when I can't make an impact because not everybody's open to it, but, you know, you just do what you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that story I'm sure will resonate with so many people. Yeah. So as a parent, why is it um, important to watch what it is that you say around children? Um, oh. Look, I, I, you know, I was speaking to Dr. Majida Awada a few weeks yes. ago on our um, another episode about, um, and she was commenting that, you know, saying things like I hate maths around your kids means that oh. it's possible they'll get the idea that yep. it's okay to hate maths. And yep. you know, these negative sort of behaviors mm. are created in kids. Yes. It's just like, you know, they're amoebas for everything. Growing yep. up in an alcoholic household, yep. Yeah. generation generation passed yes. down so yeah. what can parents do to avoid such behavioral biases and yes. what other long-term impacts um, oh yeah look you're reminding me of, of things that were said to me you know it's like um, being told we don't have a money tree growing down the backyard you know <laughs> those horrible horrible things that parents would say to their children um, but they don't have to be like that it can be simple things and they're quite unconscious that we say like, oh, no, we can't afford that, you know, and uh, no, no, you can't have everything you want, okay. They are two big things I grew up with. You can't have everything you want and no, we can't afford it. So what I say to people with their kids is you have to put two little words on the end of those sentences, which is right now. We can't afford that right now. You can't have everything you want right now, <laughs> okay? And so it, it, what, it, what it leaves it open to is that the po there is a possibility I can have everything I want, but I might just have to wait for it. Or, you know, there is a possibility that we will be able to afford it, but it just won't be right now. We might have to save some money. So it's a completely different way of programming your children, completely different way. But, you know, the thing is we do, and, and I'm very mindful of this, especially with our young son, Matthew, to really be very, very clear around, 
it's okay for him to want things um, and it's okay for him to, you know, place value on, on the things himself. It's not my value that I place on it. You know, it's like things like, oh, why do you want to waste your money on that? Or, you know, it's like all those things just have such a powerful impact on their little brains. And so, yeah, two little words right now. Because, you, know, you know, when you go to the supermarket and you're there and they've got all those things right at the checkout for the kids, I want this, I want that, I want, you know, and, and often I find myself, yes, you can have that, just not right now. And, and it's, he's fine with that because he knows it's not a blanket, no, you can't have it, but it's just not right now. So, yeah, easy. <laughs> Best advice. So what do you wish you'd known when you were starting out in your career or life in general? Look, I think I, I wish that I had been in that mindset where I knew that nothing stayed the same forever. You know, it's like I remember, you know, even with my kids when they were, you know, going through their different developmental stages and they, like, if they weren't sleeping, you, you'd always think, oh, it's going to be like this forever. <laughs> you, know, you can never see the light at the end of the tunnel. But life is ever-changing, you know. I've learnt to say to myself, is this too shall pass? Even with this pandemic, it's like, yeah, okay, it's going on a bit longer than we anticipated, but it will come to an end at some stage. Even if we, you know, don't find a vaccine or a cure or whatever, it'll mutate into something that isn't as deadly, you know, like that's just what viruses do. I think that's the main thing is that nothing lasts forever. Nothing stays the same forever. Thinking now about your clients and mm. obviously you're working with entrepreneurs and business people yes. and high-performance teams. Yes. So how does being at the top of your game translate to remuneration? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that comes with another question from me. It's like, what does being at the top of your game mean? Compared to what? I think of people like sometimes like Tiger Woods, you know, who was at, at the top of his game. But, of course, he had a lot of unconscious stuff going on that, that ended up, you know, him, him losing that at the time. But I think, you know, in Australia there is a thing around that tall poppy syndrome, you know, that people do get a little bit jealous of people who are doing well. So it's really being able to go back to that, place of being unshakable that it doesn't matter who your haters are I like that Taylor Swift song you know haters are gonna hate and you just just being able to brush that off and and I think there's a lot of people out there with a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of people out there with a lot of experience and I don't think the two always go together particularly in in my field in terms of you know coaching and mental health and and psychology is that there's often people say, oh, I've had a lived experience of, of something and, and they've recovered. And that's great. That's wonderful. However, there's a lot of knowledge that needs to go along with you then being able to partake, you know, or, or impart your experience and your knowledge to that other person. Because, as you know, we were talking about before, what works for one person doesn't always work for someone else. And so I think... You know, for me, I've, I, my whole thing was around gaining knowledge, gaining knowledge, gaining knowledge. And, um, and then I realised one day that that was never going to be enough because 
I was never going to know it all. <laughs> it was, you know, that was, that was just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, even now there's a hundred million books I'd like to read and not enough, not enough lifetime to read them. When you were saying that, it made me think of that saying when we were kids, it was a, just such a beautiful way to cut people down. You're a know-it-all. Yeah. Oh, and don't be a know-it-all. You know, and the other, the other one was don't be full of yourself. That's what you're supposed to be. You know, like have a self that you're full of. Because <laughs> I work with people who don't have any self, you know, they have a very empty self and that's really sad. So, yeah, true, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's that interweaving of knowledge and experience that really, um, you know, people can go, okay, you actually know what you're talking about and you actually have the experience of what this has been like. Mm. Um, you know, because I mean, we've had multiple businesses and some have done better than others. And we've, you know, paid money, people money, a lot of money we shouldn't have paid them. And, you know, we've done all the mistakes that every entrepreneur and business owner, you know, does. And uh, so, you know, we've been there, done that, going back to walking the talk. It's like, yeah, that's that's the big thing. You know, oftentimes you kind of get caught up on that whole thing and there's so many people, you know, ready to take you down when, you, when you're, you know, achieving certain things. Yeah. But yeah. If, unless you've kind of cleared, cleared your space, unless you yeah. are unshakable, you really can't yeah. enjoy it and actually you know, have that growth and, you know, shift up a gear or up a level or however you want to say that. And so, you know, I think that, you know, it's possible that that higher remuneration or higher reward or high, you know, higher amounts of money comes if you can get that level up. Um, Absolutely. People hold themselves back often through all of those, you know, things that are in their head and their heart. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, they've got some unconscious belief that they're, they're not deserving or they're not worthy. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you gain, you know, how many um, master's degrees you have. Like, you know, I remember people saying to me, what are you doing all this study for, Sue? You know, and I was really mindful of, you know, I'm actually doing this for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it because I love what I'm studying. You know, it's not to, not to get that sort of accreditation. And, uh, I mean, because there's a lot of people come with a lot of credentials that you know, are really not very nice people. (laughs) Shifting gears now, do you have a financial plan and what have you done personally to get control of your money while at the same time supporting, you know, the people you care about, your family and so on? Yeah, look, I mean, I've always been someone who's had, you know, the the short-term, medium, long-term goals and really being very, very aware of diving into my own beliefs around money because you can have the best laid plans of, of what you're going to do and um, you know if you haven't worked with that those unconscious beliefs that you have you know things things will go south very quickly you know it is good to have those those financial goals and those financial plans but I know for me one of the things that I used to find myself saying was I just want enough money to and you know this goal or I just want enough money to have. It wasn't until I was challenged around the word enough that I thought, oh, yeah, where does that come from? And the reality is that me having more doesn't take away from someone else having less. Actually, me having more will help people who have less, you know. So it's, it's a whole different way of thinking about things and, you know, knowing that you can make a difference 
and also make money at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. No, that's right. And, and you know, giving back is okay too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. So what's your top money tip and what's one thing our listeners can do right now to help their business or themselves financially in the long run? I think it comes from understanding where your money beliefs come from, you know, because uh, if you don't really dive into um, that, those unconscious beliefs, it's almost like a little rat on a treadmill. You're going to work hard and work hard and work hard and work hard and you're never going to get to where you want to be because you actually haven't worked with these unconscious beliefs that are driving, um, you know, your financial plans and goals and you not being able to attain them. I think that that's the most important thing. That's so, a that's a yeah. top tip, Sue, and one of the reasons that I spend quite a bit of time with my clients identifying those biases and behaviours, yes. identifying the gaps and really educating people and, and helping them to understand those. Obviously, I'm not in your business, but yeah. certainly, you know, the reason why I have very close connections with a, a number of allied sort of services because yes. I can identify an issue that needs to be dealt with and I can mm. get someone to give give my clients the right help at the right time. So. Very good tip. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because you would have people that come in who are, you know, a, a, a bit of a gambler, so they like to take a bit more risk, mm. you know, and then you have other people come in who are very risk-averse, you know, so you, you do need to understand where, where, is, where is that coming from and, and what's driving that because then, you know, if you can help them understand that and you can understand that, it makes your job easier for mm. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, as I said, we can get them on the right track or get them the right help. So where, yeah. can, where can we find you online, you know, to have any go-to resources to help our listeners today? Yes. So we, we're at mindstrong.global. So that's our website. No.com.au, nothing like that, just mindstrong.global. And uh, very shortly we'll be starting a uh, 12-week mastermind group uh, that is really um, you know, bringing together everything, as, we, as I said, around the, the psychotherapy and the coaching and, and what we're calling therapeutic coaching. And it's a 12-week online course. You can do that at, at your leisure and that's all around the three R's, recognise, regulate and respond. Uh, you'll get a group, weekly group coaching session with that and a monthly um, individual session with that. And so, you know, if you go to mindstrong.global, you just can click on the link um, that says work with Sue and we can have a quick 15-minute call. It's just a like a discovery call to see where you're at, what are you looking for. It's not a sales pitch, definitely not a sales pitch. And after that 15-minute call, if you're interested in more information, we have a webinar that we'll send to you that's been recorded so you can learn a little bit more about how we work and, and what you can get through your work with us. And then after that, we can, you know, discuss whether we want to work together because the reality is, as I said, we paid people a lot of money to do things that they didn't promise or well, they did promise but they didn't deliver and we're not like that at all. We're very much wanting to help people who really want to help themselves and, um, you know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. We're not going to talk, talk you into it. And uh, it's, it, it is for a limited number of people. And so, you know, we're, we're not taking everybody, hence the 15-minute call. But, yeah, just go to mindstrong.global, click on the link that says work with Sue and you can make a time. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. So just send me a message on LinkedIn. 
Yeah. Lovely. So thanks for joining us today, Sue, and thank you so much to our listeners. It's been a great pleasure to have you as my guest today and you've shared such insight with us. I just love that you're looking to match up with people and work with the people that, you know, fit within what it is that yes. you're trying to achieve. It's certainly what I do in my business. If you'd like more yeah. information about Finesse Financial Advisors, please go to our website, www finesseadvisors.com and if you'd like to have a discovery session with me please email admin at finesseadvisors.com and we'll send you a gift voucher valued at $150 to be redeemed on the call. That brings us to us close. Thank you again Sue. Thanks Janine, it's been a pleasure. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me Janine Wilson next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150. Make sure you put gift voucher in the headline. <music>